Hi and welcome to another Motorhome Matt podcast. I am the Motorhome Nerd Matt Sims and I'm talking to you today from home because this episode is a little different. We are very fortunate to live with this fantastic view of North Somerset. Our view stretches for miles and we are under no illusion how lucky we are to live in this stunning location. Last night on the news, we were told the west of Ukraine was being heavily bombed by the Russians, displacing further many hundreds of thousand Ukrainians who were using that area as a safe haven. No doubt the news and images have reached many of us and have moved us to tears and for some to action. This morning I spoke with John Truscott, who has just got back from a drive to and from Ukraine in his motorhome. John was intent on taking action and did just that. Well, hi, John. It's great to meet you and welcome back to the UK. I see you're still in the motorhome. I presume you're not just home, are you? Pretty much, yes, yes. <laughs> um, just after midnight this morning and then with an hour time change. Thank you for getting home and then taking time out to speak to me. You must be pretty exhausted. Good to good to talk to you face to face, Matt. Yes, well, lots of calls whilst you've been travelling. So, John, tell us your story. What what happened? We we know that you were headed off to Ukraine with a van or motor, your motorhome full of aid. So I'd heard of someone who had done exactly this with a van and literally loaded it up with aid and driven it to eastern Poland. Um, to the Ukrainian border and they actually gave a lift to some Ukrainians and kind of delivered them to family members in France on the way back um, which I thought was, was was great and I thought you know we we're all thinking what we can do and everyone is is doing what they can and I thought well I could do that so uh, my initial thoughts were where do I get a van from and then of course the penny dropped that I, I have a van on the drive it actually carries a I now know an incredible amount of aid. So I contacted Andrew Ditton, who very kindly kind of publicised the idea. And I set out with the idea of, of, of trying to encourage others with motorhomes to do a similar thing. I then contacted from Bournemouth to Ukraine, which is an organisation that has a massive amount of aid that's been gathered from all over the UK to get to Poland. And long story short, I drove my motorhome from Bournemouth to Poznan in Poland, uh, full of aid. Uh, yeah, and that's that's really what, what I did. So, and these guys are local to you, aren't they? The help from Bournemouth. They are, yes. Yeah, yeah. yes. They're, they're so, an amazing setup. Tell us a bit about them. What's their setup? It was started by a guy called Karol Swiaki, who is a Polish guy who's lived in Bournemouth since 2006. He put out a radio appeal for aid to be dropped off at a local Polish store in Bournemouth. And he said he will get it to uh, to where it's needed. And this was three weeks ago. Well, now they have a hangar at Bournemouth Airport. They have uh, a superstore that's not being used at Castle Point in Bournemouth. They have uh, another warehouse in Poole. And they are shipping literally hundreds of pallets of aid into the Ukraine and into Poland where it's needed. Now, he seems very, very well connected. The key thing is that they have the aid and they know where it needs to be. So it seemed a great organisation to, to get involved with, with the transport point of view. And so what, what kind of things were you carrying over in your motorhome? A whole variety of things, lots of dried foodstuffs and tinned, uh, lots of baby food, uh, nappies, babies' 
cot mattresses, all, all new, all donated, so all still wrapped in cellophane. And I have to say, made fantastic padding to protect the van from the other stuff in the van. Blankets, probably 40 or 50 sleeping bags, cot beds, roller mattresses, sanitary products, a whole host of, of items, all needed for you know people who have nothing at the moment. Absolutely. They're walking down the road with their home in a carrier bag, aren't they? Someone put it to me the other day. Yeah. It, yeah. Just, it just beggars belief. Um, so tell us a bit more. We'll come back to the charity in a minute and some of the... the the impacts of you loading up a motorhome with all this stuff. But so you you headed yeah. off. Did you pay yep. for the fuel and the ferry? Was that your cost? I, I raised the money uh, through a Just Giving page for the fuel costs. And I put on there that I wanted to raise money for one trip. But if I raised enough for two, I'll do two. And uh, I have, so I will do another trip. The ferry is provided free of charge by Stena Line. Um, to help from Bournemouth to Ukraine so if you do a run for them they can they can organize a a ferry crossing for you both ways they also have uh, free travel through the channel tunnel I believe so getting across to the continent is straightforward and free and thereafter it's just fuel costs really. You arrived in Poland you were given an address you went to Poland you were prepared you said to me earlier to drive to Ukraine if you could or were required to and what happened when you got there? So it was a, a local community centre in a, in a community outside of Poznan. When, when I arrived, obviously, the, there's the language difficulty. So I arrived there and I turned up and I, first of all, had to explain who I was and, and why I was there. And they were a bit bewildered because at that point, they, they didn't have any refugees at, at that particular location. And I, I since found out that they do have almost like a shop. No money changes hands, but it's a, it's a centre for the... Ukrainians who are already hosted locally to come and you know, get provisions and essential items that they need because as you say they left with their whole world in a in a carrier bag was there a risk that they thought you turned up to have a holiday because you're in a motorhome I mean <laughs> <laughs> no no they were a bit bewildered to see me say because they weren't expecting me um but once they realized why I was there they were absolutely delighted because they already had aid that they were distributing to these local families that that um were hosting uh, Ukrainians but I should say they're expecting 40 to 50 refugees every Monday who will be accommodated in another sports hall under their management and tell me John how far was this place from the Ukrainian border. I mean, Ukraine is a huge country. Oh, yeah, yeah. How, do you know how far it is from the border and how are they getting to these places, these Ukrainians? I don't know. I right. don't know, I'll be honest. But it's a good, I'm guessing, three, 350 miles to the border from Poznan. The nation of Poland are doing an absolutely incredible job. Really tried to talk to people uh, you know, about how they were coping, what they thought, what they thought their government was doing where they thought it was all going and everyone everyone just said we must do this you know there's no ifs or buts there's no reluctance there's no no one appeared to feel it was a burden everyone was was pulling for the cause i didn't know whether we should talk about the fact that these folks have traveled 350 miles on the border to get to this place and they may have they may have lived 100 miles inside ukraine oh they might i mean most likely they've lived further uh, further into Ukraine than that because obviously the war is, is mostly in the east and the south. I think it's 700 miles across Ukraine. 
So if you left from the east of Ukraine, that's 700 miles plus the journey into Poland. But the Polish authorities have got it very, very well covered. So I think they would have had assistance from the border to the various uh, refugee centres around Poland. So you were able to deliver the aid and then your plan was to potentially bring a Ukrainian family or some Ukrainian individuals back to Britain in comfort in your beautiful Bursna. It's a big Bursna you've got. We'll, we'll talk about your motel in a minute, that's right. But <laughs> yes. so in terms of the, the last few days, your plan was to bring a family home, but that didn't yeah. work out. Did Tell me what happened. It's, it's an issue mainly because of people traffickers, I think. The Polish authorities quite rightly are doing their best to protect the refugees that are in their care. You know, a, a good deed, unfortunately, gets wiped out by, by not good deeds. I thought it would be great just to bring someone back. The reality is it's not going to happen. The Polish authorities are very protective of the refugees. But, you know, the, the kind of naive notion that I could just give someone a lift obviously didn't happen. And there we are. So, Which must have been heartbreaking so, for you. I mean, that was your big plan to come back yeah. with a Ukrainian family. I mean, here we are in the UK. The Homes for Ukraine portal is set up. And, you know, we've yeah. discussed that, yes, we, you know, we live quite remotely, but we thought, well, yes, we would host a Ukrainian family. But on doing research into it, we need to have a name of a Ukrainian or Ukrainians that we wish to propose come stay with us. I don't know any Ukrainians and presumably nor did you. No, I didn't. And as I say, the, the kind of firewall that is correctly there with the Polish authorities meant I couldn't literally just go up to people or ask people to go to people and talk to them and say, look, this is the opportunity. Um, the other thing I spent a lot of time on while I was there was trying to find a match for friends of mine who have offered to host, who are looking for families, because uh, as you highlight, you know, you have to have someone nominated. So I, I prepared almost like a CV for them in, in English and Ukrainian. Um, I visited two uh, local associations that historically were trade associations, but have now turned their efforts into uh, relocating refugees. The, the long and the short was, for, on both occasions, they said that, first of all, they know nothing about the UK government scheme. So again, from the protection of, of the refugees' point of view, um, that was a, a big stumbling block. They are working very hard to relocate people within the EU, which they do know about. It's, it's one scheme for, what is it, 27 countries. So that's much easier for them to grasp. And you have to bear in mind that everyone is working to the max in, in, in this area. And the other issue is that people don't really want to leave Poland. A really real example that if the UK was invaded or England was invaded and we were yeah. being displaced from here, which yeah. is unthinkable, yeah. where would we go? Would we go to, well, you, you were talking about, you know, would we dash across the water to a refugee camp in Calais? Yeah. Or would we go 1,500 miles away to Ukraine, who said, exactly. look, we'll house you English people, come here. And you're making the point, which I found fascinating, why would they wish to travel that far away from home? Bear in mind that they, that, you know, they, they still have loved ones in the Ukraine. They have, uh, their men are fighting in a war and dying. Elderly relatives, their homes, they don't know if they're still standing or destroyed. If it was me... I would be as close to the border as, as I could be. I certainly wouldn't consider travelling all this way. So I'm not saying that nobody wants to come to the UK. 
don't get me wrong there no there will be refugees who, who would who would like to come to the uk but in terms of the resources of people and organizations uh, who are looking after the refugees they're putting their efforts where it's best spent and that is on moving people within the eu because they understand that there is a demand albeit i think limited to move beyond poland into france denmark uh, the Netherlands, Germany, that sort of thing, but not beyond that uh, in any significant scale. And so they're not putting their efforts into that. So me turning up saying, I've got a motorhome, can I give someone a lift? Uh, that was a bit of a non-starter read. So quite yeah. nice, I think. It was disappointing. I, I really wanted to do something. So you came back on alone, you travelled back. And yeah. John, just tell us, what motorhome have you got? You're in a Bursna. Just tell us what it is for those who understand motorhomes listening to this. Bursner Ixio, so it's an A-class seven and a half meter uh, motorhome. I have to say, thanks Bursner, it's it's been amazing. The drive over and the drive back was effortless, really. And yeah. it went with 750 kilos of payload in it. It was great. I did 28 miles to the gallon. That's pretty healthy payload, which I presume you filled yeah. with all of this kit that you Absolutely. were able to take over. Heavy stuff down low, lightweight stuff filling up all the empty spaces. Um, it's uh, it's amazing how much you can actually get in a, in a motorhome. So people listening to this, they many of them will have a motorhome. I imagine a lot of people will be very nervous about bringing refugees back in their motorhome, yeah. and there will be equally be lots of people listening who are frustrated that they you know like us have signed up their home for the homes for Ukraine, and there's some frustration. But you would your message then would be look, don't be frustrated, help do something else. And there's lots that people can do. You know, what call to action would you give people who are listening to saying, you know, my view is don't do nothing, do something. But what can people do? Well, I agree with, with you entirely on that, Matt. There's a world of things people can do. But if I could just give it a bit of a bit of perspective from, from actually having been over there and talked to people and seen it. So there are 10 million refugees from the Ukraine. Six and a half million are displaced internally. 2.2 million are now crammed into the west of the Ukraine. There are over 2 million in Poland. So the, the, the scale of the problem is huge and we have to do something. We can't just sit back and not do anything. I, I was looking at some stuff online and the UN um, High Commission for Refugees recognised a week ago that Poland was at breaking point. So I've been over there and I've seen all these people and they are all amazing. They're working hard. They're volunteering their time and they need to be supported. One country cannot support that number of people coming in within a month uh, on its own. So we have to get aid there. From my point of view, having actually driven over there, I've kind of chosen to focus on the logistics of it, shall we say. We've got aid in the UK, as I say, help from Bournemouth to Ukraine, have hundreds of pallets sitting, waiting to get transportation over there. They know the area, they know Poland, and they have the contacts to know that, in my case, I took a, a relatively small consignment, 750 kilos, to a smaller need. The big need, they can service with articulated lorries, and they can go to, to where they need an awful lot of aid, but it's, it's, it's targeted which I think is a, is a great benefit of them knowing what the need is. So logistics is what it's all about. And initially, I tried to get going with, with motivating motorhome owners to drive over in their motorhomes, which is absolutely valid. If you don't want to take your motorhome, 
borrow a van, hire a van. If you've got a horse box, fill it up, whatever it is. But this stuff needs to get, we can't get fatigued with this. And a vehicle of that size is valid. That's what you're saying is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. These smaller vehicles make a difference. They do. Yes. Yeah. And in terms of, of how to go about that, well, in my case, I simply put together a Just Giving page and said, you know, pay for my fuel. Everything else is down to me. And I've got enough for, for over two trips. Um, any excess I can donate to help from Bournemouth to Ukraine. I'm hoping that we can perhaps motivate industry to donate vehicles or donate towards the cost of renting vehicles. And again, any excess I can put towards that. I suppose my, my, my battle cry really is to the leisure vehicle industry. If you have a vehicle that you can spare or if you can fundraise within your premises enough money to rent a van, then do it. You know, it's not difficult. Get it rented. Get someone down to Bournemouth, fill it up with aid, drive it over there and drive back. And that's all we're asking people to do. It's not difficult. Help from Bournemouth to Ukraine are one of many charities doing exactly this, aren't they? And these guys were local to you, but people could do their own research on where they can find, you know, uh, they're all over the internet and uh, they can find a charity close to them that's doing the same thing. So your call to action to the leisure vehicle industry is there's help needed now in terms of donation of vehicles and resource uh, and funds for vehicles. So that's noted. And for the individuals listening to this, they can help as well. Maybe they can just drive. Maybe they they don't have a motorhome or van or don't want to use their motorhome or van, but they could drive. All you need is, is four or five days free at a passport these days yes. uh, and, and that's it that's and where, what do people do if they say well okay i've got a week off you know I'm, I'm, I'm retired i've got some holiday what could they do can we how can we help them respond to this do they contact the charity that's doing the aid or is there somewhere else they go you have to have aid to take so you have to contact a charity of some description i, I keep supporting these guys because they have grown in at such a pace someone described it much better to me they, they they shouldn't be called help from Bournemouth to Ukraine they should be UK help via Bournemouth because they are collecting aid from all over the country from from Scotland south so if you do help with these guys then you know you won't just be concentrating on south coast aid and, and you know if you're from from the Midlands or whatever you don't feel that they're not representing you and your community because they're not they're representing the UK really yeah. Um, but yeah you have to have the aid so yeah, find a charity. The great thing again about these guys is they know exactly where it needs to go. Their system of contacts over there, they've got contacts in Lviv. They're getting aid all the way through, food aid all the way through to Odessa and to Kiev. Uh, so people are actually having food to eat because people are starving over there at the moment. You know, that, that's the reality. They have the contacts in Ukraine who are actually getting this stuff to where it's needed. So yeah, contact a charity, load up your van and go. If people can't do that, just give money. I mean, presumably these guys are fundraising as well, are they? They are indeed, yes. Um, if, you, if you go to their website or to Facebook or just Google help from Bournemouth, Ukraine, they are using money to buy food locally where they can. They have their own vehicle now. now They're making regular runs across the border you know, with, with local folk across the border into the Ukraine, as I say, down as far as Odessa and beyond. So they need money as much as aid and say they've got aid in pallets waiting to go 
but they've got to get it there somehow and they've got to make it happen and that takes cash. I know in Bristol, where I live, there was a call for translators, Ukrainian-speaking people who could translate. Our local children's hospital is now housing very poorly Ukrainian children who have cancer and they were lifted out. It was on BBC News just two days ago. Uh, I think 600 children were lifted from hospitals in Ukraine with cancer and have been brought all across Europe. And Bristol's Children's Hospital has some now staying there. So even if you can speak Ukraine, then you you can help by offering to translate. Absolutely. And they're desperate for that in Bristol. So if you're listening and you speak Ukrainian, please get in touch with the Bristol Children's Hospital. They need your help. So there's plenty of ways that people can respond. I think, John, you would agree with me. The main message that we want to get across is, you know, you see this on the news and it's heartbreaking and we watch it sitting in the comfort of our front room thinking, oh, that's awful. Don't do nothing. Do something. And even if that is donating a tenner, you know, Mm -hmm. just get on Facebook, get on the Internet and Google a charity that needs help john is there anything other any other message you'd like to add or pass on as we wrap up because i'm going to let you go and have a lie down and i know the formula (laughs) one's on and you're desperate to watch that as well (laughs) i have have an appointment with the sofa and the telly (laughs) well deserved no i mean i mean really matt just just to say if if people can just put their brain to the idea of can i get hold of a vehicle can i blag a vehicle can i borrow one can i crowdfund enough to rent one the industry particularly I mean, I'm, I'm going to spend a few days this week contacting local businesses uh, and see if they will support and it could um, be a van or a motel can't it i mean you absolutely know. yes yes a, a vehicle from my initial ideas i, I kind of sense there's a, a bit of reluctance from people to use their their, their you know their precious motorhomes you know these are our cherished vehicles all i can say is we loaded this very carefully the guys who helped me load it were willing to split pallets and put soft stuff against the, you know, the walls and all the rest of it and just rearrange the cushions against the walls. There is not a blemish on it. There is not a single mark. There's a, there's a little sticky bit of tape on the window where I put a poster, but um, that's it, honestly. So your home will not suffer from doing this, but your sense of doing something will. Yeah, you'll be rewarded for doing something. John, you, there's a Facebook group that you're very much act, very active in. Tell us, tell us more yeah. about that. Okay, so it's called uh, UK Motorhomes for Ukraine. And I started it up really, as I say, the initial idea was to to really mobilise motorhomes uh, specifically. I've posted my experience on there. Um, I haven't really covered the journey back yet, but certainly going there and what I encountered there. And I'm very happy to use that as a a kind of touchstone, if you like, for people who might be interested in helping. Uh, So if anybody has any ideas around this, get on the Facebook, messenger me, whatever you like. I can tell you, you know, what I experienced. I can tell you about COVID testing across Europe, where the fuel prices are best, you know, all that sort of nonsense. Contact me there. I will endeavour to, to bring it all together. If we get two more vehicles over there, it'll be a great success. It'll make yes. a difference. If we can get 10 or 20, then that would be just amazing. So if you're listening, then you can head to the Facebook group, UK Motomes to Ukraine. John's very happy to give you information and answer your questions. There's no doubt you've got plenty of them. But please, again, if you're listening to this, don't do nothing. Do something. Whatever that every little is going to help. This is a real crisis. We watch this from home. 
and it doesn't really feel real to us does it and john you've right. seen it there are people starving their sleep we don't know where they're sleeping do we at the moment you you didn't see where they were sleeping those in ukraine no um i've seen so the center i went to in, in uh poznan i have seen photographs of the interior it's actually one of the areas or one of the centers that was featured in the uk media about a week 10 days ago two 250 people sleeping on cot beds in rows in a, in a sports hall but I have seen the exterior of it. I was getting some help from one of the volunteers there, a lovely girl who spoke English, who made a dozen phone calls on my behalf trying to grease the wheels, but it wasn't happening. But all I can say is, um, gosh, I saw people there who are absolutely shell-shocked. Um, it's really quite distressing to talk about it, actually. Um, looks on people's faces I've never seen before. It's um, yeah, You've adults and children. Yeah, yeah, old people, you know, old people, and then mums, kids, um, yeah, no, no adult men. There are old men, and there are teenage boys and younger. Really noticeable thing is this: this whole demographic, the males between eighteen and sixty, are not there. They're at war fighting yeah yeah so yeah it's it's, it's grim it's grim and uh, i don't want to sort of um be too doom and gloomy about it but uh i feel we have to help and we mustn't get fatigued we mustn't you know a week or two go oh yeah the, that war's still going on the problem is getting bigger it's not getting smaller um, and it will continue no matter what happens as far as the war is concerned it will continue to get bigger yeah for quite a long time to come. So this this kind of effort can't diminish. And it's close to home. It's a day's drive away. We can yeah. make a difference, can't we? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. John, thank you ever so much for taking time out. As sleep deprived as you are. And, yes, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I've not been too eloquent today. but Not to mention <laughs> losing an hour as well, which hasn't helped. Yes, um, absolutely. But John, I wish you a well and break and we will definitely be following your next trip with interest. Okay, um, and thank great. you for thank you for taking the time to speak to me. Well, thanks for getting involved, Matt, because, you know, we, we, as I say, we're all doing our bit in our own particular way. We all find a little niche that we think we, we, we are um, we, we can make the, the best contribution. And, and obviously your your efforts are, are very much appreciated as well, because getting the message out is 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 a huge part of increasing the uh, the aid and the help. Wow, what a story. How has that left you feeling about the situation in Ukraine? I hope it's motivated you to believe that you can do something. I would hope that you don't just do nothing. There will be something you can do, some action you can take. If it's just giving £10 to a charity that needs your help, Close to our own family, we have friends who are raising money. They are in Romania, raising money for a chap who is driving his van to and from Ukraine, bringing Ukrainian families to safety in Romania. If you use Google or Facebook, you will, um, I'm sure, find a community group or church group that need your help, that are raising money for a cause that they are trying to serve. Maybe you can drive or you have a van or you have a motorhome. Maybe you can drive someone else's van or you can lend a van. 
Whatever you choose to do, please don't do nothing. Do something. I hope this podcast episode has moved you to believe you can help and be part of a movement from the UK. Please, let's unite. Let's stand together for Ukraine and help. Take action. Do something. Thank you.